Welcome to SelfDiscoveryWisdom.com, formerly known as SelfDiscovery Media. On these podcasts, you're going to hear people who speak from the heart. They've taken the journey in life. Many things have happened to them, but they've changed it to happening for them. And in their strength, their courage, they've discovered their abilities and their wisdom, and they are now sharing it here with you. Do enjoy each show. We bring it to you with love and knowing that it's going to help you on your journey of life. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. My guest today is Dean Nichols. He wrote a book for his children or his grandchildren, and it's a book that I've bought. I'm going to show it to you right now because my son loves cars, and he loves, uh, my grandson loves cars, and he loves reading, and this is just perfect, uh, Tucker and the Snowcat. So we're going to be talking about his books today and why he wrote them, you know, what, uh, why, what is the message behind it? So he wanted to share his love for the outdoors and interest in the environment. And children can be empowered by reading uh, about children's adventures that leads them on many activities and adventures. He's done many things in his life, but after getting an undergraduate degree in European history, he got an MBA and licensed certified public accountant. Starting that, he worked for several technology jobs, managed uh, 10 or is it 16 attorney law firms? 16, and, yeah. Wow. And taught accounting at the community college. But he finally took a leap and opened up his own business, developing and managing self-storage facilities. But after retiring, he wanted to just stay active and thought it'd be fun to write a book for his grandchildren. And uh, the whole family skis. So this prompted him to undertake the first book, Tucker, the Snowcat. And that is that is when he went uh, looking for an illustrator, an author, and found Annette Zack. And after success, the first book that you decided to write another one called uh, Float Sam and Jet Sam and Other Beach Treasures. So we're going to be talking about these books today, but also talking so much about um, the importance of children having books, of reading. Um, this is a theme. We, we have another show this week on that. We can never have too many on the importance of reading and how it sparks the imagination, but also the wonderful gift of the grandparent or the parent or whoever is reading to the child. It's a wonderful bonding experience. It takes the child on their adventure. And I think it's a good reminder to us to step into a little bit of adventurism ourselves. So welcome to the show, Han. Delighted to have you here. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate you having me. It's great. Well, I'm always going, you know, because of grandchildren, because of children, and just because I'm a children's advocate altogether. <laughs> um, you know, I do feel that books are a wonderful way of empowering and igniting the imagination of children and when you can take them on an adventure it shows them that nothing is off limits you know as big as they can dream they can seek it and search for it and it's it's so illuminating to see a child kind of get immersed into a story and get excited about it this is this what you had the fun with your grandchild that you thought I've got to do yeah, this for sure. I had uh, lots of fun with my grandchild and also my child. Uh, I have one child, Chris, who's uh, um, I started reading him when uh, my wife was pregnant. So, you know, we, we've been reading to him for years. I think till about ten years old, and then he said, "Okay, Dad, that's enough." I'm, 
<laughs> I can read my own. But yeah, well, hurry really up fun. and get married and have kids so I can read to them, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we did that. Uh, they did that. And uh, I've got grandchildren. And uh, we used to live in Sun Valley, Idaho. So we skied a lot and we're outdoors in the snow a lot. And it was so much fun. And uh, the kids, uh, um, they started skiing. And uh, so I uh, thought it would, during the pandemic, I guess, uh, we decided that you know, let's write a book. And uh, so we did Tucker the Snowcat, which uh, uh, Sun Valley had a, uh, a Tucker snow machine, which was an old 1940s machine. And they'd bring it out every year and put it on a snow pedestal. And so I took some pictures of that. And then uh, when I got together with Annette, uh, she did the drawings from most of from that, uh, from those pictures. So it was a lot of fun and uh, yeah, we had some success with it. And then we decided to buy it to write another one so and, and you know the, the snow truck i mean you know they watch especially when wherever they are where there's a lot of snow and they see the flowers coming along mm-hmm. but like this one has got character yeah. you know when you look at the ones today they can just put something in front of a truck and you know okay. shovel thing and but you know this one's got character and when you do look at the old vehicles they they, they seem to have a personality didn't they yeah, they did. And uh, Tucker is an actual company. They make snowcats. And uh, I saw on the cover of the of the book, you'll see a registration, uh, uh, trademark uh, mm-hmm. registration. And I had to do that because uh, I talked to the president of Tucker uh, Snowcats and talked to him about doing the book and uh, I had a nice conversation. They bought a bunch of books for their uh, uh, customers and uh, that was really nice, and uh, but it was kind of a, an aspect of it that was different than most children's books have to go through. But I wanted to tie it to the, I wanted to tie it to the machine that was in Sun Valley, which uh, a lot of places, a lot of, uh, of different uh, ski places and snowmobile places have these Tucker uh, machines. So it was fun that way. Now, and can you, if you're reflecting on Sun Valley and, and the environment that you live in, but for a child reading this anywhere else, they're going to adjust it to where they live in, sure. right? So, and that's the beauty yeah. of it. And, yeah. you know, I, I like, you know, this is this is a story of overcoming limitations and finding success. The story tale uh, tells the tale of Tycra and an older, smaller snowplow who rescues two young kids who are trapped up in the mountains after an avalanche separates them from their parents and the winter lodge. He's an older snowplow, but due to his small size and impressive determination, he's able to traverse difficulty terrain. And uh, and while the newer one was larger, snowplows can't access. He must find the kids, Elisa and Graham, and bring them back to safety. And, you know, it's it's that excitement of uh, the overcoming, yet you're never mm-hmm. too old. Mm-hmm. Right, you're never too obsolete, and that although we rely on the latest and the you know the biggest, the shiniest, that sometimes the good old reliable works. Yeah. And you know, well, it was smaller. You know, yeah. Tucker was smaller and could get into this uh, area that the kids were at to rescue them. And the bigger snowplows, the snowplows they sell today are huge. They're yes. uh, and they're all laser controlled and uh, very complicated machines. But uh, so this kind of brought it down to a personal level. Yeah, and kind of, you know, like we're in a society that when something's two or three years old, we toss it out and get a new. Yeah. And we don't repair, you know, um, we just, I want something new. And it's like, well, what's wrong with the other? Just put some maintenance into it and it'll keep on going, right? And yeah, so right. I think it teaches children that we don't always have to throw out the old, that everything has a purpose. 
and that you know respect that yeah very much so and uh tucker kind of fits that uh that uh view of things he's uh uh, one, the one in Sun Valley, uh, Idaho, they've maintained it since the 1940s. It still works and operates, and and they do use it for some things. But uh, but it's uh, it, I think I think it was a great story, and I think there's lots of communities uh, uh, that are winter oriented. You know, they're in the mountains and so forth, and they don't have a story like this that appeals directly to them. And uh, so that's kind of what. Uh, what I gleaned from living in Sun Valley, that there was a, a certainly a market for um, these kids that are uh, young and, and um, in those kind of communities. It represents, that's yeah. the thing, you're representing an area that isn't perhaps talked about or is not addressed. And then, but then for kids who may never see snow, yes, you know, I right, don't even know right. what an avalanche is. It's like right. vicariously through this story, it's like that can happen. Yeah. That, you know, and it, then it <laughs> takes them. That's the whole beauty of, of a book, right? It can take us anywhere. Yes. You can talk to people thousands of years <laughs> previous to you and yeah. communicate with them. And so, that's the beauty of it. So for, for, yeah. for some kids, it's relatable because it's yeah. their backyard. And for other kids, it's something that they really what well, there's an avalanche what's an avalanche yeah. you know so and they want to go find snow see right. snow go in yes the yes so, yes yeah. we recently had snow here and my and my grandson my um uh son-in-law would go outside and pick up the snow and bring it into the ball and then he'd make little <laughs> mountains out of it for his cars to drive over so i know he's gonna love this book so <laughs> <laughs> i have a friend that lives in switzerland and she uh uh, she bought the book for her son, and uh, she uh, she said that she couldn't get away get it away from him. He was he said, "Mom, I just want to go in and read it." <laughs> yes. So go in his bedroom and read it. You you so know when a book good. is exciting when they want you to read it over and over and over again, and then, right? Yeah. And, and then they can recite it to you yeah. <laughs> because it's had that kind of impact. Well, I still read to my grandkids. They're uh, eight and five now. And the five-year-old still is in the range that this uh, Tucker the Snowcat fits. Mm -hmm. um, the eight-year-old is sort of moving away from that. And Flotsam and Jetsam is for a little older age group. So mm -hmm. that probably fits her better. But I still read to them. And when I go visit them at their house, they always bring out the two books and want me to read them. So <laughs> it's really nice. I, I, I uh, Proud, proud grandchildren. That, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, I mean, we're always looking at what legacies we can leave our kids, oh, right? Yeah. You know, there's always for something, sure. you know, we want to leave them. But um, yeah, I mean, you're the second grandpa I've come across that wrote for the grandkids. No, oh, yeah. You know? And so, and, and and just the sheer joy of seeing the grandkids, you know, get yeah. a kick out of it, and knowing grandpa yeah. has written it, and then seeing how successful the books are, because you primarily wrote it for your grandkids, and then you know, find out there's a lot of a lot of other kids that well, like it too. Yeah, it's great, and uh, uh, it's been a fun write for me. You know, it's uh, been something I've done in retirement, so it's great. Been great. I mean, COVID has brought out so many beautiful writers and people that have redirected. It's absolutely great. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this is, uh, it wasn't wasted time, which is really nice. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, showing a different view of life is so important. Our children learn through their imagination. Mm -hmm. And what we're inclined to see nowadays is people just hand their kid the phone or a tablet. And like mm -hmm. now and again, okay, yeah. but yeah. not all the time. Rather take the time to right. read to your child and instill the joy of reading reading so that when they can read on their own 
you know, they're going to enjoy those books, those tangible, tactile, turn the page books, right? There's something about yeah. that that's so good. And, and it's a lifetime thing. I, I, um, I still read a lot. I read probably a couple books a month. So it's, uh, it's you know, something I like to do and I, my grandkids like to do as well. Now they're starting to read on their own. And so it's fun to see that development occur for them. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I think, you know, for some people, it's a form of escapism away from their day. For some people, it's a form mm -hmm. of, of discovery, mm -hmm. you know, and, but I always love it, um, you know, when you read a book and you can, you can feel yourself in the book, you know, yeah. you pick a character that becomes you and you are actually going on the journey. Yeah. But I think the expansion of imagination, the expansion of what is possible that comes through books, I think really becomes something for children that the sky, you know, isn't the limit. The universe <laughs> is yeah, the limit, exactly, you know, exactly. that, that willing to explore. And so yeah. I think a lot of adults have lost that. They've lost the sense of wonderment mm -hmm. and exploration. And I think instilling that in our child to always want to keep exploring is really important. Well, I think it really helps, uh, especially young children. Uh, they, they learn to read and then, you know, they can explore the world uh, through books. And the, the more they read, the more interesting they are and uh, and become. So it's great to watch them do that development uh, and become these readers that are, it's just exciting to see. And then, you know, to learn how to converse about it. Mm -hmm. you right. know, I read this right. and this story that and then, you know, tell me all about it. Yeah. And then, you know, in their own beautiful little words, they, you know, come about <laughs> of what they get out of it. And there's always such excitement on their face because they're telling you the story <laughs> now. And I think that is, uh, it's a wonderful connected thing, whether you're reading to the child, yeah. the child's reading on their own and telling, sharing the story, yeah. it, it becomes that wonderful connection. And they always surprise you with something they've read and they mm. tell you about something you've never heard of. And you say, wow, you know, that's that's kind of interesting. And get you involved in their reading, yes. which is different than yours. So it's fun. Uh, my, my grandson has been read to uh, both of them. But one is nine months, but the other one has been read to since he was in the womb. Yeah. And uh, right from the word go, books have been there. And now he's got to the stage. He's not three yet. He'll be three late to uh, March. But uh, certain books, he turns the pages and tells you the story completely, almost <laughs> word for word. He can't read the words. Yeah. But, he you just know, memorized the... He's memorized the story. And it's like, yeah. he's, and there's a page and my, my daughter is looking at her husband going, oh. <laughs> like, he's reading. He's, doing, he's reading, yeah. And, and of course, you know, the letters haven't quite, obviously, he's not three yet, but just mm. that sheer joy yeah. of now telling us the story, you know, mm. it's... Um, which I think is wonderful because it allows them to not only think creatively, but to act on that creation. Yeah. I had to get rid of some stuff coming on my computer. Sorry about that. That's um, okay. Anyway, yeah, it's, um, and I think Flotsam and Jetsam is for a little age group, a little older age group. Uh, Tucker the Snowcat, I wrote for maybe uh, from even, you know, uh, one year old or even less yep. up to about five uh, maybe six. And then uh, Flossum and Jetsum is a little older group, I'd say maybe from three or four to maybe eight or nine. And uh, uh, that's kind of how I envision it anyway. Um, and Flossum and Jetsum has, uh, uh, has to do with kind of the Northwest beaching. I saw my grandkids, uh, we live in the summer, we have a summer place on the water. So there's uh, always rocks to turn over and seaweed to find, and you know there's stuff floating in uh, uh, flotsam, and 
and uh, things that they can discover on the beach. And it's so much fun to watch how they uh, do that. They have little aquariums and they put stuff in them. And, uh, you know, it's just wonderful. And uh, so I was trying to I was trying to capture that in Flotsam and Jetsam. And um, it's uh, it's just fun to, to see uh, see how they uh, take to it and uh, and use it. So. But, you know, but what's so neat is the fact that, you know, some people just observe their grandchildren, they have fun with them, and they go back to their lives until they see them next time. But, it, you know, they've left a mark on you, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, they've sure. kind of, you know, this, obviously COVID was the gift, you know, that gets, oh, let's write a book, right? But <laughs> it's the, uh, it's how just through their sheer joy of play, Right. And this yes. is something that we forget as adults, right? Sheer joy, yeah. simple joys. Yeah. And there's simple joys and imaginations, how it's rubbed off on you for you to yeah. then write a book for them. Yeah. Well, I usually go down to the beach and, and help them discover stuff and explain things to them. And and uh, then I'll sit on the log and they'll bring stuff to me. What's this? You know, or whatever. And so that's so much fun. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, once you've sparked this, every writer I've ever known is like, yes, there's another book at the back of my head wanting to come out. <laughs> so have they sparked another one in you that goes, oh, I've got to write that? Well, I, I don't know. I've been trying to um, market the books I've got and get them up and on their own. And, and that's been keeping me busy for a while. But I do have some ideas. I always write down uh, some different uh, concepts that we have uh, and talk it over with Annette, my, my co-author on the books. And, uh, and we've talked about uh, uh, similar words, uh, you know, like... Uh, uh, finding the the language that's uh, the similar, um, where the words are the are the sound the same but they're different. Uh, mm. So I don't know how I'm going to do that effectively. So I'm still working on that, and I've got a couple other ideas for for books that um, that might come out here in the next year or so. Great, yes, keep on rolling them out. Yeah. <laughs> It is, you know, as I said, when a parent or grandparent or anybody, the babysitter, whoever is reading to the child, you're getting a kick out of what the child is getting out of it. But very, very often, I think it's a wonderful reminder for an adult to see life differently, you know, mm -hmm. because we do get bogged down with day to day. And then we forget oh, yeah. simple joys. We forget how to play. We take things too seriously. And like, yes. you know, sometimes kind of playing with our kids and reading with our kids, it kind of brings the kid, the inner kid of us, of our own coming out. And, sure. and we go, I forgot how wonderful play is. Or just yeah. reading book yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. Play or, or reading uh, either one. And uh, it, it involves you in their lives. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you're somebody that they are asking questions at and, uh, and uh, interacting with. So it's, it's positive in a whole bunch of ways. So I, I've, <laughs> my grandkids have been the best. They've been just really fun. Right. Bring out that spark in you. And I had yeah. somebody else on this week, Joanne, and uh, she, she talks about the, the, the scientific proof of how uh, reading to your child, even right from the womb, you know, mm, how it yeah. stimulates brain growth. Yeah. Right. It's not just their imagination. It's yeah. just, it helps them navigate through life and expand that brain yeah. um, because you're igniting it. You, know, you were talking about your grandchild that mm -hmm. uh, doesn't really read, but yeah. uh, that he knows the stories. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, he'll be reading and knowing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it, we, you know, 
in again, another absolute fact that if you put your kids in front of a phone and a tablet for an expended of time, it actually damages the brain and the memory. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that there are some long term effects for children that have not neurologically developed because of it. Yeah. And, you know, good old simple snuggling up with the child bedtime on the couch, wherever yeah. you are, and yeah. opening up a book and reading. Um, yeah. or, uh, you know, all those times when they're a little bit riled up, let's have let's read a book and calm down, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and they're still in play, uh -huh. right? But it's a calmer play and just taking them off on a different adventure. So yeah. it is essential that we read to our children and we teach them the love of books. Well, I, I usually read at night uh, and it's a chance to cuddle with them. And, uh, and you know, they, they ask questions about the book and it's just a real good bonding time for mm -hmm. adults and children. It's great. Yeah. You know, back in our day, I don't know about you, but, you know, um, I was a mother of three and most of the time kind of on my own. So I was the one always getting them to bed and doing everything. I didn't really have that time, yeah. you know, to spend that time. I used to make up stories for them, incorporating them in the story of what went on today, you know, and but make it a story. So, you know, I told them stories because that's what I had time for. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I think that today it, there's a lot more emphasis on reading to your child right from the womb and keeping that reading going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, and, letting, and letting them even act out the book in some way. You know, whatever they're reading, they want to kind of copy or do something um, with obviously if you're in, if you're in the sunshine and they're reading about snow, it's going to be a little hard to create some snow. But that's when you use a white sheet, right? Yeah. You say, this is the snow. <laughs> well, that's where your imagination comes in. You've got to make them think in their brain that uh, mm -hmm. they're around snow. And uh, my son and daughter-in-law do a really good job, too, of uh, reading to the grandkids. And so it's, uh, then they're as smart as can be, you know, they it helps them develop their brain and they're good. They're better at everything, math, uh, reading, everything, yeah. writing. And, uh, and yeah. it's wonderful, wonderful it's exercise. Definitely an excellent brain development, but you know, yeah. like in, in Tucker and the snow cat, you know, you've got these kids have been separated from the parents in an avalanche. Mm. And that obviously is incredibly traumatic that children yeah. are separated Ava and the avalanche. You may We've recently had people die in avalanches here in Canada because it happens every year. Yeah. Um, and then we had people that got rescued, thank goodness. But it's um, the dangers of it. And then what to do if they get separated. Mm -hmm. And like, will mummy and daddy find me? Well, you know, Snowcat found them. And, and it's, it, <laughs> I think it's like maybe even a subliminal lesson in that stuff may happen in life, but don't worry, somebody's going to come and get you somebody's yes. going to rescue you and and that kind of reassurance because yeah for a child when anything goes wrong you know it, it, it's very fearful for them because it's unknown so, yeah i think that's in children's book they have to have happy endings yes uh, because that's otherwise you frighten them or mm -hmm. uh, then they won't do things that you want them to do you know i think the being in the snow and on the beach and those kinds of things are super fun and something you can do with your children and grandchildren and uh, uh you don't want to deter that in any way or make them fearful of it or uh you know yeah. so i i think that that was one of the worries in writing uh, tucker the snowcat i didn't want to scare them but i wanted to have uh success you know that yeah. they would be rescued and 
and uh, Tucker and got hope. accolades for, right. for doing exactly. the job. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, it, it, I don't know about you, but I remember, I think one of my first movies was Pinocchio. Oh, yeah. And and the scene with the monk, you know, the, the children turning into monkeys. Right. Mm, yeah. And I remember coming out of that cinema crying. What about the little boys? Are they going to be turning back? You know, and <laughs> and then there was a remake, which was really good. And that monkey scene came up again. And I realized how much it traumatized me because <laughs> immediately come up, you've got to turn them back. You know? <laughs> and we think about the movies that we saw back then, or you know, Hans Christian mm. and all mm. the things. And it's mm. like, they terrified us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true too. But I, I like that in older kids, maybe. But <laughs> the younger kids, you got to have uh, some happy endings that uh, uh, show how people care about each other and, uh, and do good things. Too. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right? It's like, you know, something may happen, you know, have hope, believe, mm -hmm. and then what actions can you take in mm -hmm. order to, to resolve? So you're teaching children don't stand powerless yes. right what can you do how are you mm -hmm. empowered to do something mm -hmm. and, and find a solution to the problem which i think then it's like for a kid oh okay i can do that mm -hmm. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly so it, it, that's it's teaching them skills of how to work out a problem mm -hmm. which is the other thing i think is so great about books as i mentioned before is that you can you can understand somebody's mind who lived hundreds of years before mm. you. And, uh, and I think once you get a child reading and, uh, and the discovery process uh, that, that reading brings, you can develop that sense of, you know, people thought about these things a long yeah. time ago. And, and uh, that's such a wonderful aspect of reading, I think. Yes. I think it's also a form of almost respect of you know what people had to do with you know deal with in the back and then how much we have it easier today mm -hmm, and then sure. you know when they see you know i walked through the snow in my pajamas 10 miles to go to school <laughs> you know everything <laughs> that uh, it was, and it then, was uphill know, both ways uphill all the way exactly <laughs> in a blizzard you know the whole thing and yeah. the kids just hop in the parents car and get dropped off and get picked <laughs> up and and it's like uh, uh, learning to be grateful for what you have today because the road has been paved by people who didn't yeah, have it exactly and, and, and i think that example because we have so many kids that just kind of are demanding for more, 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 mm -hmm. right? And and it's where's your gratitude uh, mm -hmm. for the people who paved the way? You've got the cell phone. You wanted to do this and that. Well, what about the people that invented the cell phone? That you know, all the people that along the way that you just think are old and archaic and should be farmed out. <laughs> you know that you wouldn't have this without yeah. them. Yeah. And so I think that reflection on history mm -hmm. uh, being taught in our children it, it teaches them appreciation of what they have today. I had a friend uh, I was talking to the other day and uh, we, I don't know, somebody was complaining about something and um, it was playing tennis and uh, they were complaining about something that happened. And uh, the guy said, well, let's see, you, you've got a roof over your head and you've got running water and you've even got electricity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, and he was from China. So he really yes. knew the situation in uh, other countries and other environments that were quite different from our own experiences. And it kind of brought home to me the fact that, you know, we're very fortunate in thousands of ways. So yes. And, and I lesson. think it's a, it, it needs to be a reminder to our children. It does. Yes, exactly. Because, you know, we give them so much more, you know, than necessary. Um, but it's teaching them 
how to just you know, enjoy a cardboard box and making mm-hmm. it into something, uh, you know, not just for the cat, which cats yeah. love cardboard <laughs> boxes, but, you know, putting wheels on it, making it into a vehicle or whatever. But it's the, if, if it all comes too easy to them, then they have no appreciation mm-hmm. of how it got there. And I think this is, I think uh, appreciation and gratitude definitely needs to be taught. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that problem solving aspect yeah. of it, you know, what, how am I going to do, what am I going to do with this? How am I going to make it fun for myself and others, uh, my friends? So that requires a little imagination. and MacGyver and, uh, it. MacGyver, yeah. <laughs> you know, they have MacGyver like, in Canada. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 both both, both series, yes. Yeah, um, yeah. But you're just showing, you know, um, w- with just the things around you, with the right knowledge and the right mm-hmm. imagination, you never know what you can create. Instead yeah. of saying, oh, it's broken, go and get me a new one. Mm-hmm. Well, how can you take this and that and this and, you know, create something mm-hmm. new? And I think that is, um, it's so rewarding. Yes, you know, for the kid is. when they you're like, look what I did, look what I achieved. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we just bought you a new one, you wouldn't have had that self gratification yeah. of actually achieving something. We would have been robbing it from you. That's so worrisome. I think kids get so much stuff. You know, yes. they it's uh, Christmas is a bonanza. <laughs> I know presents and things, and it's uh, hard to get your head around it even. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think all of this is really important that we do remind our kids of that. And, you know, nature, nature is mm-hmm. a wonderful, wonderful lesson. And, you know, getting out in nature as much as you can and paying attention to, you know, the rustle of the wind in the trees and yeah. you know, the squirrels running up and yeah. and having your kids ask questions or even asking them a question to for them to be inquisitive and learning to actually understand that without nature, we wouldn't be here. So, you know, the more we actually immerse them about the world and what's been provided for them, I think the better they grow up. I've been fortunate to be outdoors most of my life and doing stuff. And so I try to instill that in my son, Chris, and and, uh, and also in the grandkids, Eliza and Graham. And uh, so it's, uh, you know, it's a big part of our lives. And, uh, and uh, like you said, it's uh, away from screens and mm-hmm. Uh, internets and all those kinds of things, which uh, are wonderful in some ways, but awful in others. And uh, if you get them out into the, onto a trail hiking or skiing or uh, on the beach, finding stuff, it's, uh, it's a wonderful activity. Healthy for the mind, heart, body, and soul. It's healthy. (laughs) Uh, And, and again, that appreciation, you know, they want Mm -hmm. to go back and do that again. And it's just a bucket and spade and what you can put in it. Yeah, but it, you know, it's again. It just, it just shows them again with their imagination yeah. what they can yeah. create. We take them crabbing and do all kinds of fun stuff, uh, you know. So, I, I think that really uh, broadens them, and they all of a sudden they want to go crabbing themselves, and they yes. figure out how to do it, and it's it's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are the example for our children. Oh, and, exactly. You know, if they're seeing us work twenty four seven. And, uh, you know, the, we, we don't have time for ourselves, never mind them. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, what's that right. teaching them? You know, yeah. it, it's okay to put the computer down, the phone mm-hmm. down. I mean, I'm at the seven hours a day when I'm home, when I'm with my grandchildren. You know, I get on it in the morning to do my emails while they're eating breakfast. And then when they're napping, I go and do some work. Otherwise, no, it's no yeah. computer at all. And, yeah. you know, what are we going to do today? Where are we going to go? You have a busy life, Sarah. I have a very busy life, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'll actually be moving soon so that I can look after my one grandson because daycare is so hard. And uh, yeah. so he's soon going to age out of where he is. And until he can age into another one, I'm going to be looking after him. And so it will be different play groups, mm -hmm. uh, you know, playing with things and uh, mm -hmm. going on adventures. And we, and this was something very interesting. We were, we count trucks when we, he's there. he mm. loves coming in grandma's car. So we yeah. count trucks, how many trucks, big truck, little truck, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And one day we're driving, he goes, Grandma, no trucks. And I go, yeah, I wonder why not. And I go, oh, it's Saturday. Oh, yeah, they're with family. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> so it's just those little games. You remember I yeah, spy with yeah. my little eye, you yeah. know, little things like that. Well, my grandson, Graham, he's, uh, I uh I take pictures with him of trucks and, uh, you know, an ice cream truck and uh, mm. a log truck and the cement truck and all these different ones. And we put together a book for him uh, oh, nice. you know, of all these pictures and things. So it was really fun. Well, my grandson probably has about 50 cars, little dinky cars. And, oh, yeah, mine and, too. Mine so, too. you know, I bought him this thing that opens out into a huge, mm -hmm. big, long ramp and then it can close up with, you know, mm -hmm. as a car carrier and, of course, you know, so much fun. I mean, he can play for hours with cars, traffic jam, parking them, crashing them, yeah. you know, everything. Yeah. So, and um, they come with, they come with a gene that makes the noises. For the, yeah. <laughs> yes. the granddaughter doesn't do that. Yes. <laughs> the grandson does. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. And he likes making all the noises that go with yeah. it or likes us to make the noises with it. Sure. Um, but I mean, this is play and, and reading to our children and taking them out into nature. Also, sitting down and just having a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, whatever level they're yeah. at, whatever their language is out. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's having a chat, maybe over some mm -hmm. time or this or that. And I think it, one of the things that we're seeing so much today with, you know, texting is that you will see four people sitting around a table. And everybody's talking. texting one another instead of talking with one another. And it's like, uh, yikes, man, yikes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so teach your kids to have a conversation with each other. You know? <laughs> They're sitting two feet apart and texting each other. Yeah. I don't get it. It's crazy. It's crazy. I think my age yeah. is showing. I don't get yeah. it. Uh, you know, give, you, give your thumb a rest, you know. Mm, right. There's a person, a human being opposite you. How about you talk about something, yeah. you know. Uh, I think it's easier talking to kids when they're younger. And uh, when they get those 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18, it's more difficult. And But I think that you can lay some groundwork uh, in talking with them, in, the, in reading to them. Uh, you get that cuddle time and yes. uh, they sit on your lap or beside you and, and, and then you talk about things and you say, oh, yeah, that's the butterfly. And you explain what that is, yeah. and how, you know. And uh, then that translates, I think, to some extent to when they get older, you have that connection that they can still talk to you. And, and sometimes it's hard, you know, what did you, what'd you do in school today? And I, oh, nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, call it, uh, I call it the exorcist era when I had used to turn around. You know, yeah. like they become totally different people at certain yeah. teens. It's like, who are you? Are you my child? You know, and, and then they kind of get out into the world. And as the more they experience the world, and of course, especially when they have children, then they turn around and go, you know, my, my daughter said when she had her first grandson, mom, how did you do it with three? And I said, I don't know. I just did it. That's yeah. the thing. We just got on and did whatever we needed to do in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Don't ask me how. We just did it. And yeah. that I think that's uh, 
it, you know, it, they are going to go off and want to be with their peers more. They are mm -hmm. going to go off and experiment and, and challenge life. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, generally well, they'll come back to that conversation. Yeah. Early 20s, it kind of turns back again. Yes. They they want to talk to you again and yeah. find out about stuff that they're interested in now. So it's it changes. But yeah, it's little reflections, the things that you've taught them along the way suddenly come sure. up and they see. Yeah, right? And a sure. reminder, which is important. So, yeah. yes, your kid's going to, you know, the we've got what we call the terrible tools. And then we have the two, the teens twos. When uh -huh. they go become a tantrum child again in the <laughs> teens, you know, and it's like just weather the storm, boundaries, 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 respect. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but weather the storm and throw different books at them to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's a good outlet for for sure. But at that age, if you can get them reading early, they'll continue doing it. I think generally yeah. that's true. So yes. So that's the hope. That's the hope, yes. Yeah. You know, we, we've got more and more um, small bookstores going because they can't keep up with the giants. Mm -hmm. um, but there's something about taking your kid to the bookstore and going through the books and then looking at one and trying one out. Which one do you want? It's the mm -hmm. same thing by taking them to the library, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. which yeah. they do with my grandson. And, and he goes and picks out, of, you know, four or five books for the week. And mm -hmm. it's exciting for him. Yeah. Right, of which book yeah. to have and to yeah. learn how to respect that book because it's got to go back. It's not yours, mm -hmm. no torn mm -hmm. pages. There's mm -hmm. all these lovely little lessons in there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm going to do a uh, something at a bookstore in uh, Ketchum, Idaho uh, in March. So kind of looking forward to that too. I hope yeah. people bring their kids with yes. them. And, and, yes, and, that's uh, the point. Bring your kids, you know, yeah, the kid yeah. inside of you and, and your actual kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get them, get them hooked on books. That's yes. The, the and, you know, I've, I do podcasts a bit. Of course, I do now what I call podcast books. When we've got a book coming out 20th of February mm -hmm. called Our Forgotten Children book series. Yeah. And it's uh, it's several people that have contributed their chapter into where we're going wrong with our children. You know, why mm -hmm. we, our children are growing up to be so violent or in such depression or, and completely lost. It's because mm -hmm. we've let them down how we've brought them up. We haven't brought them up to be engaged, uh, mm -hmm. to be inquisitive, you know, to to be in touch with themselves. Um, and so, you know, we're getting, you know, we're reaping what we've sown and we need to change the system radically. Uh, and the way we raise, raise our children. And I think, you know, yeah. it's back to in certain ways, back to those basics of reading, appreciating, learning by hands-on and participating, yeah. but also I, teaching respect. Right. I used to tell my son, in order to be interesting, you have to be interested. Yes. And, uh, and so you have to engage with people yeah. and things and activities, and that's what makes you interesting. And then people come to you because they, they want to know you. They want to share your ideas and that kind of thing. So... Uh, I've always told my son that it's worked out pretty well. He's he's an interesting guy. It's no, that's very very poignant because um, you know if you're always abstaining and going to your your tablet, your phone, and everything else, and you think that's interaction, it isn't. Yeah. And then you can't actually converse with anyone that's standing in front of you, and you're not mm -hmm. interesting because you're not interested. <laughs> you know that that uh, you know absence of of who you are as a person, the essence of who you are. Is kind yeah. of the one way street down to being lost. So yeah. we have to be engaged in life. And I think teaching children, it's just like 
you know, they're running, they fall down, they get an owie, you kiss it, better put a Band-Aid on, and off they go again, right? So it's yeah, life right. lessons in the way of, of how to ride the lessons. You know, like here, avalanche, right? An avalanche, and then are they going to be safe? Where's mommy and daddy? And here comes the truck to get them. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing is that you're going to come across things that are fearful. But how are you going to handle it? And the more we yeah. teach our children to think, outside the box that there isn't even a box you're right <laughs> and to look you know become macgyvery and to mm -hmm. look for solutions i exactly. think we're teaching them how to actually navigate through life mm -hmm. and i think just the closeness that books develop uh, between people adults and children and children and children and yes. uh, that's so helpful in life so yeah definitely so we've got these two books and then two or three more books kind of maybe in the yeah, works and, um, you know, this like is, uh, this is what flotsam and jetsam looks like just to show your listeners. And it's, now what, uh, what does the name mean flotsam and jetsam? Well, flotsam is, uh, is stuff that floats up on the beach. Yeah. Ah. It's, it's uh, like, uh, glass balls or, uh, trash or whatever it is, you know, uh, buoys or cushions or mm. anything. And jetsam is stuff that people throw off their boat and uh, wow. it washes up on the beach, but it's a little different category. So that was kind of the, the theme of it. And um, and it was a way to to uh, take the reader into discovering about what's on the beach and, and uh, you know, how to find it and turn over rocks and dig in the sand duels kind of thing you so. know what was one person's garbage or somebody else's treasure yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. especially when it comes to these big uh, to these big glass balls mm. that uh, those are hard to find these days oh gosh everything's plastic now right so, yeah right yeah. right right they were blowing glass and they kept yeah. the nets up on the surf the top of the net up on the surface and then it hung down so but nobody has those anymore so mm. um, i've got yeah. one yeah, oh, that's that great. I found on the beach. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Somebody's yeah. treasure, right? Yeah. And and that I think is also something fantastic when you find something, and it's like it looks old, and then it's the investigation to how old is it? What was it used mm -hmm. for? You right. know that whole wonderment because we forget as adults we forget to be wondrous, yeah, right? And exactly. I think being wondrous is so very important. Keep that yeah. wonderment alive and yeah. be on that discovery with your children. Let your children play on their own. But be yeah. a part of it when they find something, right? Because oh, that's yeah, important. for sure. Yeah, that's good. I like that part of it. Yes, definitely. So Annette is the person that's done all the illustration for the books, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, is great. Yeah, she's a wonderful artist, and she mm -hmm. works primarily in watercolors, but uh, she's uh, done a really good job. You can see from the yep. book you've got there that she's yep. she um, brings uh, Tucker to life and... Uh, that's great. Um, we have a website that's mm -hmm. uh, um, Dean and Annette Books dot uh, com, and uh, they can go there or go to Amazon or uh, Barnes and Noble or wherever uh, to purchase the books. So we're trying to get out there as much as we can. And you know, a book is a, a gift that keeps on giving. A exactly. child will read it over and over again, yeah, and then you yeah. can pass it on to either another sibling or other children, yeah. or just put it away, and then one day they bring it back out again. Oh, this book, love to read it again, <laughs> right? So you know it is, and and every time uh, they read it, there's something else to be discovered, right? That's the the, the beauty of yeah. it, you know, because the story changes uh, as their perception changes. Yeah. So I mean, that's a, a wonderful thing. I'm going to spell the uh, for people who are listening. Dean D A. D E A N 
and A-A-N-D, Annette, A-N-N-E-T-T-E, books.com. So Dean and Annette books.com. And people can reach out to you at Dean2323 at MSN.com. And of course, they can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. We don't have to wait for birthdays. We don't have to wait for Christmas. A book is anytime. a wonderful gift to give any time. And, uh, you know, and I know when I, when I take this down to my grandson, he's going to love it. Um, and because, hey, a truck, not truck. <laughs> and, I guarantee you'll love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. And he's really into books. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then when they put him to bed, putting him to bed isn't just putting him to bed and lights up. They go out, they play with cars, but then read two or three books before he gets into bed. Yeah. yeah and sets him off great. into slumber imagination. Right. <laughs> so it's a wonderful time it is so please parents take the time i know you're busy i know there's so many demands of you but investing this time in your children to read and and that quiet time that special time i guarantee you you will see results over the years that is just absolutely wonderful you're a wonderful resource sarah thank you so much my pleasure. I mean, you know, as, as I said, children are a soft spot for me. Uh, <laughs> but it's also the inner child of someone. We, we, yes. One of the problems we're having today is that so many people have lost connection with their inner child, their inner joy, their inner play. They've taken life too serious and everything's too heavy and they feel too burdened. And when you look at a child, it doesn't matter what happens to them in the moment. They have mm. a damn good cry. They get them picked up and off they go again. And there's a the, lot to be learned from those children. <laughs> or, the, or the two of you have a damn good laugh. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. learn to laugh about it. And that's yeah. important. We can learn so much from our children if we just get out of our own For way. Sure. So, For sure. Definitely. So keep on writing. Let me know when the next books come out. Come and share okay. them. Uh, right. Because uh, always, uh, always good to be introducing books to the children. And uh, thank you so much for sharing here today. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. DeanAnnette.com. You can get the books from there or from Amazon. And uh, and on Amazon, all you have to do is just put in Tucker and the Snowcat or the other one. Uh, uh, Flotsam, <laughs> Flotsam and Jetsam and other beach treasures. <coughs> <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Thanks yeah, very fa- much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you. We hope that you enjoyed the show. There are so many more for you here on selfdiscoverywisdom.com. Just go to the podcast tag at the top there and you will see all the many genres and all 3,000 shows ready for your listening. We are here to serve you, to help you on your journey of life. And we know that through inspiration, it begets invitation. We are supported by you, the listeners, and those that we interview. Anything that you can spare us in donation would be greatly accepted and we do hope that you enjoy the next show.